God bless you, but I want to preach a little bit to somebody. Not because I, I need to be heard. Not because I studied a long time, because I got, I got a word of the Lord for you. And it's important for some people here this morning. There's a reason why we prayed that. God's going to change somebody's life. He's already changed some. But God wants to speak to some folks. Now, I know you know that we've been in a series. And I told you we we're going to end it. And we will. But it's not going to be today. Because the Lord changed my mind about what I should preach. And uh, uh, I, I got to obey. Is that all right? So for all you ADHD, or I should say your, uh, what is it, obsession, obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, that's it. All you OCD people like me that says, we didn't finish, we'll finish, all right? Just keep your faith intact. We will finish. But I feel the leading of the Lord to take you to John chapter 7 today, verse 37. It says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this, and if you wonder, what does that mean, that living water? The Scripture nails it down for us. It says, But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. That every believer that believes on him should receive. Everybody say, believers, believers. Receive, receive the Spirit. Spirit. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let me preach. I realize it's already been a long day. I won't be long because I'm going to say this, get out of the way, and we're going to watch God do something miraculous. But I want to preach to you about the living water, the living water. Lift your hands. Pray right now. Father, we just receive the word of God. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to remove every barrier. We thank you for all these precious people that are in this place today. God, you know every station, every moment. You know every purpose. You know every place and season that is in this house. Now with your word, oh God, speak to these people. And I pray, Lord, that there would be demonstration and power and the moving of the Holy Ghost when the Word of God has been spoken. Let it, Lord Jesus, come in like a flood. Already you have conditioned this place, the atmosphere, God, you have charged with your presence. Oh, God, now finish this work, Lord, you have set out to do in the name of Jesus. And let the people of God right now lift up your voice and praise Him in advance. I believe God's going to pour out the Holy Ghost in this house. Be seated for just a minute. Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus cried. Three phrases I want to focus on today that Jesus cried. He spoke of living water, and He spoke of that water with its essence and its ability to flow into our lives. Say living water. Jesus cried. He looked for somebody. He drew attention to himself. The last day with many people around him, the great day of the feast, that the Bible says that Jesus lifted up his voice. He cried. As, the, as they say down south, he hollered. 
Up north they say he hallowed, whatever it is. He lift up, he lifted up his voice because he wanted everybody within earshot to hear what he had to say. He wanted to get everybody in the room, everybody in the place's attention. I think Jesus is still hollering this morning. I think Jesus is still crying this morning. I think Jesus is wanting to get everybody in this room to hear what he's got to say. And here's what he says. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. Because if you do, I'm telling you that those that believe out of their belly, out of their innermost being, there will flow something he called living water water. I'm telling you today, Jesus is still calling and he's still reaching and he's reaching for one sect of people. Anybody who's thirsty. I'm going to tell you who Jesus is trying to get a hold of. Not the white folks, not the black folks, not the rich folks, not the poor folks, not the American folks, not the Asian folks, not, none of that. He's trying to get a hold of thirsty folks. He's looking for somebody that's, that's dry and barren. It's walking through life like a human skeleton or some kind of zombie. Not understanding that there's something more than the life they're living. I got good news for somebody that's hungry in this house. God is crying out for you. He's calling out for you. I need somebody to hear me today, he says. Is there anybody that's thirsty? Is there anybody that's thirsty in this house? Oh, you say, I don't know about that, Pastor. Let me tell you something. You can have a great job and be thirsty. You can have a wonderful family and be thirsty. You can have all the money in the world and be thirsty. You can have everything together and be thirsty. You can have nothing and be thirsty because Jesus wasn't talking about your stuff and he wasn't talking about your station life. He was talking about the bankruptcy of the human soul. You can have all of that and still be empty inside. I'm not preaching to all you full folks, but I am preaching to a few folks here that are a little bit thirsty. You look good. Your tie's good. Your clothes are good, but on the inside, Inside. You're hungry and you're thirsty. There's something else. I've got good news. Jesus is in this house. I said, Jesus is in this house. All you that are thirsty, there's a voice of God speaking to you right now. Come and drink. Somebody said a living water. He said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And he gives this promise, you will be filled. It, when God says it, it, it tends to happen. Oh, I need about a million more amens right there. I said, when God says it, it tends to happen. Those that hunger and thirst after God, after righteousness. Jesus would later say, he said, I'm the bread of life. And he that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. Everybody say never hunger. Never thirst. He spoke to the hungry and he spoke to the thirsty. He appealed to our spirits in the context and by illustration of our most basic human needs. You can have everything together, but if you don't eat, everything's going to stop. You can have all things well, but if you don't drink, everything's going to stop. He said, he that believes, everybody say believe. 
Believe means to cleave and to trust in and rely upon me. You can say you believe, but I'm asking you today not do you believe that God's there or that he exists. I'm asking you what the scripture asks you. Do you cleave unto him? Do you trust in him? Do you rely upon him? Because there's promise to that. Everybody say promise. There's promise to those that will believe God like that because the Bible said Jesus said he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me he has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death to life to believe means to embrace who he is and what he wants for you John 3 and 15 says that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life if you're here today and say, I believe in God. You're in a good place because God said, I'm going to take that believe and I'm going to move you over to receive because I've got something for every believer. I've got something every believer needs. Everybody say believe. Listen, Jesus was more than just a man. I said, Jesus was more than just a man. He was more than a religion. He was more than a spiritual head of a spiritual community. Jesus said, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore and have the keys of hell and death. No wonder, no wonder Paul would write in 1 Timothy and say now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only, say only, the only wise God, the honor and glory forever and ever. No wonder Jude would write to the only, if I say only, only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever. Jesus cried. He cried to the culture that was worshiping everything else and said, look, I'm here. Would you try me? Jesus cries to this culture that we're living in right now. He tried cries even to the culture that's in this room and says is there anybody that's thirsty and hungry what have you tried but you're still thirsty what have you tried but you're still hungry I'm telling you Jesus is in this house and he's crying with a loud voice try me there's an old song when I was a kid and they said when you tried everything it sounded better than that when you tried everything and everything has failed Try Jesus. Come on, where's my old timers at? You gotta help me out there. When you've tried everything else, when you've went every other way you can try, when you've worshiped every other thing you could worship, when you've given yourself to every other thing, but you're still empty and you're still thirsty, could I invite you to try Jesus? In fact, could I tell you that before you try anything else that you try Jesus? In fact, I dare you today to see, to taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Jesus promised living water. And let me tell you how this living water works. It's not like everything else. Living water works from the inside out. Everybody say inside out. Jesus said out of. Two words that describe both origin and direction. This is an inside out work. He said, out of your belly. Belly translates into our innermost being. Listen to me. God is not looking to put a new costume on you and cover up the wounds and the mess that you are on the inside. 
God is not looking at draping you in some sort of holy cape, understanding that there's still mess and corruption and things on the inside. No, 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 no. Listen to me. God wants to work from the inside out. The Bible said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God wants to make you new on the inside. So everything that happens on the outside actually makes a difference. That's why he fills us. Everybody say fill. Fills us with his spirit. God wants to work on the outside bodies and relationships and problems and worries. I understand all that. He will do all that. But the greatest miracle of God is not to heal your body and not to solve your problems and not to fix your relationships and not to get you through hardships and not to solve all those things and and take you away from your worries. And thank God he'll do that. Somebody testify right now. He'll do that. But the greatest miracle that God does is not a broken body that is healed and mended. And it's not a broken mind that's healed and mended. It's a broken soul that's healed and mended. The greatest thing that God could do for you is to give you this living water. The greatest thing he could do for you before he touches your finances, before he touches your marriage, before he touches any other part of your life would be to come in and fill you with his spirit because when Jesus is in the middle of everything somebody testify everything gets better everything I need some Holy Ghost filled people to testify to somebody that doesn't know when God comes in everything gets better I've got something to fight with. I've got something to live on. I've got something to lean on. Greatest thing he'll do is to put something in your innermost being. Your soul. Say soul. God did not make you a body. He made you a soul. And that is the essence of humanity. That's what makes you get up every morning. Because your body don't want to do that. Come on, somebody. But your soul, your life force, that's what causes you to wake up and to continue. And God said, I don't want to just get in your hands. I don't, I don't want to just get in your thinking. I don't want to just get on the outside. I want the soul. I made the soul. This is a soul situation that we're in here today. Jesus even warned us. He said, don't you worry about men that can bother the body or, or kill the body. You, you make sure that you respect the one that can put both body and soul in hell. Because the greatest miracle God wants to do is in your soul. He wants to draw something, put something in your soul that feeds every other part of your living. No wonder. This is why Isaiah in 12, 12 and 3 would write, Therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. This is what Jesus was talking about when he said, Whosoever drinketh of this water that I give shall not thirst. It wasn't a real water. It wasn't a water that was literal that you could pour out in your hands he was talking about his spirit he said you drink of my spirit you'll never thirst again you drink of my spirit you'll never be dry again there'll never be a reason for you to be spiritually hungry and empty in your life you'll know your purpose you'll know my plan you'll know everything you need to know in your life with joy shall you draw water everybody say living water so it was with joy in Acts 2 Everybody say with joy. 
that when on the day of Pentecost fully come, they were in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, somebody say it. Say it again. Filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What was that? It was living water. That's why with joy, with joy on Acts 8, the Bible says that when they were come down, the apostles come down. They prayed. There was a, there was a preacher that was preaching the gospel and preaching Christ crucified. And miracles were being done and signs were happening. And people believed. But nobody yet had living water. And the Bible said that they called the apostles to come down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet it had not fallen on any of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the Bible said those men laid their hands upon them and they received the Holy Ghost. Everybody say joy. Drawing water. Say drawing water. Out of the wells of salvation. It was with joy in Acts 10 that Peter began to preach that same message of the gospel to Gentiles. And as he was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell upon those that heard the word. And they were astonished as many that came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Gentiles also. How did they know? Because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Everybody say with joy. It got some living water. With joy in Acts 19, the Bible says that Paul came across some disciples, some believers, and he had a question for them. He said, have you received since you believed? They said, receive what? He said, the Holy Ghost. They said, how do we even know what that is? What, we don't even understand. What is that? And he began to preach to them about Jesus and preach to them the gospel. And the Bible said when they heard it, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I'm just telling you, this isn't a one thing, a two thing, or a three time thing. And I'm here also to tell you that there are people under the sound of my voice in this room. They've got that living water. There was a time where they were thirsty and they were hungry and they were dry and they were empty and they presented themselves to God and God did now what he did back then. I'm just telling you, everybody under the sound of my voice can have living water. Last but not least, let me tell you, living water flows. I said it flows. It's not a service. That wasn't, wow, that was amazing. I'd like to go back and do that again next Sunday. Hello? It wasn't a moment. It was a well. Jesus called it a river. And he said, it will spring up. Whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water. It'll be rivers flowing out of your belly. It is continuous. It flows all the time. We live in an age right now where people want to govern God and tell God how he's going to save them, tell God how he's going to move, tell God what he's going to do and present problems and, and present, present all kinds of steps that he's going to have to get, go through to get to your life. Life. And you can believe that if you want to, but can I tell you something? Nobody's going to tell God what he wants to do. 
I'm going to tell you that God will do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he's going to do it. But we want to govern him. We want to tell him, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing what those people do. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing it that way. I'm going to do it some other way. Like a governor. Anybody ever rode go-karts? Don't you hate the governor? Right? You get up there to top speed and it just kind of sits there. And if you're, if you're a bigger guy and some smart-up little kid's got one that doesn't have a governor and all you want to do is run him off the road, Jesus help us. <laughs> Governors. Just going to kind of limit God. Just going to kind of put a, put a threshold on him. I, I'll let him touch me. I'll go in there. I'll, I'll walk in that church. Or I'll walk into those moments and I'll let God just touch my life and, and get some goosebumps. Maybe I'll even let somebody pray for me. But I don't know about going as far as God coming in on the inside. But you hear me today. God cannot be stopped. And he will work somewhere. Did you hear me? God's going to do what he's going to do. The question is not whether he's going to do it or not. He'll pour out his spirit. The question is, will it happen for you? I wonder if there's somebody under the sound of my voice that says, you know what? I've been telling God what to do too long. I don't remember Jesus saying, pray this way. Your kingdom come and your will be done. No, he said, you pray, Father, thy kingdom come and thy will be done. I wonder if there's anybody that's hungry enough and thirsty enough to say, God, I don't care how it happens. I don't care how you do it. I know this. I've been thirsty long enough and I've been hungry long enough. I need that living water. Come on, stand with me all over this place. The Bible also says that when Jesus got done saying that, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this, many of them said, oh, this is a prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But there were some that said, shall this Christ come out of Galilee? I mean, hasn't the scripture said Christ come of the seed of David in the town of Bethlehem where David was? In other words, some said, this is miraculous. This is who we've been waiting for. And others said, I'm not sure. And the Bible pretty much leaves that story in this limbo. That there was division among the people because of him. The Bible says in Jeremiah 2, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And instead they've substituted and they've hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns. That can hold the water. Where does that leave us? Dry. Everything looks the same. But it's broken. And it's dry. And there's no water. So Jesus cries. Cries out here today. And said he that believes on me. As the scripture has said. As Isaiah talked about. Out of his belly. Shall flow. Rivers of living water. And he spake this of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm telling you. God is ready to change somebody's life. And here's how I know it changes. Because you can't stay the same when the Holy Ghost comes in. It changes you. God's desire is to fill somebody. If you say, I don't know if I have that. Then you probably don't. I don't know if I've ever experienced that. Then you need to. You need to walk out of here with assurance. I know. I know that I have been filled with the Spirit and the power of God. I have an assurance. I know. How will I know? Well, how did they know? 
How did they know in Acts 2 and Acts, Acts 8 and Acts 10 and Acts 19? They knew because they heard them speak in a heavenly language that they had never learned themselves. Listen to me. That experience is for everybody. You say, are you telling me I'm not a believer? No, I'm saying, have you received since you believe? Because Jesus said, I'm speaking to those. If you believe on me, I've got living water for you. I've got more for you. I've got power for you. Aren't you tired of being thirsty? Hungry. When you can be full and overflowing. One of the last words you read in your Bible in, in, in Revelation 22 is that the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. And him that is a thirst, come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life free. And so the Spirit and the bride, the church, the preacher, they say, come. Come on. If you're thirsty, you don't have to be thirsty anymore. If you're hungry, you don't have to be hungry anymore. It's not about anything else except what Jesus can do on the inside of you. That's what I'm preaching right now. I wonder if there's anybody. Maybe it's been a while since you've let that water flow. Maybe it's not flowing right now. You've tried in one way or another to govern God and tell him how he's going to work and act in your life. Maybe you need to find an altar place today, an altar of prayer today, and make sure that things are flowing together. Is there anybody that's thirsty? Is there anybody that's hungry? Come on, is there anybody brave enough to step out of your seat and say, I could use that living water? Come on, would you come? There's people that are coming right now that are also praying with you. There's people that are praying and there's people that are need. Come on, come on. Who's, where's the thirsty? Where's the hungry? I know you're here. I know God brought you here. He's been talking to me about you for about three days now. Come on, you. Don't you sit there. Don't stand back. Come on, get in here. Get in into the water's trouble. Come up to an altar of prayer. There's no shame in it. There's nothing but refreshing water here for you. Come on. Come on. Anybody thirsty? No shame. Anybody thirsty? Come on. Look at all these are just thirsty people. They're just thirsty for God. Just hungry for God. Everything in their life revolves around the fact that they need water. They need the food and the spirit in their life. Come on, show somebody. Testify to somebody. That's it. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is in this house. That's it. Come on. Don't worry about anybody else around you. Don't worry about anybody else around you. This isn't about them. Your presence, I am Come on, you won't be by yourself. You just get alone. Others will be around you praying. Come on, there's an atmosphere of God to change somebody's life.
I can have living water. He said, He said, Get out of my belly. Out of my inmost being, there would flow your spirit. As you surrender your soul to God, He can heal your body at the same time. Come on, that's it. That's it. Just cry out to Him. Cry out to Him. Whatever words you got in you. Yes, Lord. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. God loves that. God's here to respond to you. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it. Just get past all your worries about other people. Somebody praying right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let there be demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Let there be demonstration of the Holy Ghost. 